Welcome to WP Tonic, Episode 68, Creating Online Training, Part 2, and we have Kim Shevler back. Pretty close. Got it. It's a hard, I don't know why, but this is a hard name. Anyway, let's get back to the show. I'm so happy to have her back because I was going to come on and talk with Jonathan about all the trials and tribulations I'm going through right now on setting up my site. And what I'm doing is I'm creating content, plus battling Infusionsoft, and the last thing I need is really this setting up of both you know, do we need plugins for both the training or the course plugin plus the membership plugin? Do it. There's so many ways to go. So what we're doing today is Kim's expertise. We're going to go in and look at plugins, just plugins, and then we're going to look at SaaS. So we've got three parts today. Kim, it's all yours. Jonathan, I'll listen. I might throw a few uh, no. comments in to show yeah. some of the problems I'm having. No, you're almost right. You're almost right, right Bill. You're right almost, That's yes. my problem's right there. Yeah, you're almost right, Bill. I think you got it a little bit mixed up. And then next week we are going to have to listen to Bill Me? suffering. Yeah, see, we are, we're going to be talking about your um, experiences of a developing. Next week? I thought yes. we were talking about SaaS next week. Just so people know is Kim oh, Bill, play, Bill, can you um, – this week we got our beloved Kate. Next week's you, and then she's coming back the following week. Oh, Kim, oh, that's, you'll be back on the roundtable. Yeah. On the 19th. Well, no, she will not be on the round table, Bill, but she's coming back on the 18th to finish off. Uh, um, John so, produces this show. I don't produce his show in the schedule. It's, I just it's, sort really of quite, it's quite good that you're not really good. Uh, right. So um, thank you. Thank you, Kim, for agreeing coming back because basically uh, I don't know too much about this subject. So having the expert back to do the uh, help us on the next few shows is a, a great resource, Kim, and thank you so much for agreeing. So um, we had some excellent feedback from our previous interview um, when we talked uh, uh, very globally about all the options. And we're going to delve into more detail now on some of these WordPress plugins, aren't we? So um, you've got some excellent news. The plugin, which I can never pronounce, Sensei, whatever. How do you pronounce it, Kim? Sensei. Sensei, the plugin which I can never pronounce. You you've delved into this a bit, and you've got some um, observations. Shall we start with them first? Because I'm intrigued to find what you have found out. Yeah, let's go ahead and start with that. And thank you for having me back. I I am happy to be here and appreciate it. So, for those of you who, if if you're not sure of everything we're talking about and all of the iterations we're going through, please check back to the last episode because we went through a lot of other options and the starter pieces to that. One of the things when I talk about plugins, I tend to talk about WP Courseware and Learn Dash, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But I've skipped Sensei quite frequently because when I first started in 2012 and they didn't come out till 2013, it really wasn't where I needed it to be. Now, Sensei, for those of you who don't know, is the training courseware product uh, created by WooThemes, which is WooCommerce, which is now owned by Automatic, the company who owns WordPress. So I think they're going to keep getting better and better stuff. When I first started with them, as I said, or when I first started with courseware, I kind of skipped them because they were just getting started and they didn't have some things. So since I've gotten back into really not just teaching my own courses on the two or three plugins that I love, but really teaching other people and, and helping people flesh things out. I had to jump back in, buy a new copy and really dig in. So having said that, 
we've got some really exciting things with Sensei. For example, you can have multiple instructors. And normally LearnDash is my other go-to, and it's the only other one where you can have multiple instructors. So if you are setting up a small school or a classroom, as opposed to being a solopreneur where you're going to be the only one building the course, this can be. So Sensei is very powerful in that in the past, the only platform I had to recommend was LearnDash if you had multiple instructors. Uh, WP Courseware, people hear me talk about, I love it. It's very easy. It's very drag and drop. But this is for a solopreneur having one or two courses and maybe a membership site on their platform. But if you want to have multiple instructors, up till now, LearnDash was the one I recommended. But I will say that Sensei has that functionality also. Sensei also has one really cool functionality that I haven't seen from anybody else. And that is that when you're on your My Course page, which shows all the courses you have access to, there is a little button that you can click on and send a private message to your teacher. And so that's really cool. If you're working and you're not sure of something, as opposed to putting something in the forums or finding an email, you can actually send a private message. Having said that, uh, people who followed me, and if you've looked at, listened to the other episode or the last episode, you know that one of the things I talk about is what does it take to charge for my plugins and manage or my courses and manage access to them? So with WP Courseware, it doesn't manage the payments and the access itself. I either have to use a membership plugin or WooCommerce. And for the membership plugins on that one, I really like either Paid Memberships Pro or Member Press. And on the next segment, we can go into which one and why. With LearnDash, it can do all of that itself. You don't have to add another plugin. You're not dependent on another plugin. With Sensei, I mentioned before, they are owned by WooThemes, which is WooCommerce. So they are dependent on pretty much selling through WooCommerce. So you now have the additional complexity of adding WooCommerce. Not that it's difficult, but it is an additional plugin. And just like with WooCommerce, if you're familiar with it, there is a free version. And then there's a lot of other extensions that if you want to add them, they can cost you anywhere from $50, 60 70 to $200 per extension. And you do run into that with Sensei, where if you're trying to do certain things, yikes, now because of the way it integrates with WooCommerce, you're going to have to add another $300 to that extension to keep up every year and make sure that it's all working together, which is a little bit more complexity. Yeah, it's a bit like swings and roundabouts, really, Kim, isn't it, with the extensions? Because, yes, some of them you know, vary in price, but... You're getting a lot of choice as well, you know. When you're when you're kind of going into the WooCommerce um, world, that there's a, a lot of um, additional plugin functionality available. So if you're looking, there's some crucial element that you're looking for. There, there's either developers or there's already a plugin that's available. Um, so, but what did you think of the actual way it dealt with the? with courses did you get any impression about its quality of how it developed and the options that it offered it okay it is more simplistic than learn dash so it wasn't giving you as much functionality 
one of the things when it came to dealing with courses that I really did not like is that it tied quizzes to lessons. Mm. So if you wanted to change that quiz, you had to go in, change the lesson and move it. Whereas, so for example, one of the, you know, I love WP Courseware. Everyone who knows me knows that. One of the reasons I love it is it's very modular. So I can make lessons and I can make modules and I can make quizzes and I can drag and drop them where they belong. And, you know, sometimes, particularly if you're doing an early adopter program, you're looking at it, you're going, you know, I thought this was going to be really good here, but working with my students, it really would be better here. And having that drag and drop functionality as opposed to having to go in, remove a quiz here, go to another lesson and put it in, I, I find some real value in that. Right. Um, ease of setting up initially, do you, do you think it's like in middle way between the two that we previously talked about or is it leans to more easier side of course where then what's your feelings about that? I think that WP Courseware and um, Sensei are about the same as far as setting up because they both are dependent on something else for sales, either WooCommerce or a membership or something like that. So you are talking about two plugins now for my basic setup. Awesome. With that, we're going to go to a break. Well, now it's time to thank our sponsors. Thank you, Share the Oil from Northern Nevada. We really appreciate the help. Without you, you know, we couldn't have shows or we couldn't improve on our equipment and systems and processes. And also, I have a new product launching, and this is what I'm going through right now, my membership site. And it's Two Half Success at twohalfsuccess.com. Right now, we're testing out the merchant site. So for $11, you can get what I call is the first course, which is Netcasting 101. And I actually got the domain netcasting101.com, but I haven't pointed it yet. So we're building the courses. The pre-launch is $11 this week at least. Well, actually, this will be up next week. So it might be up to $23 by now. But anyway, it's still a great value. Without further ado, let's get right back to Kim and Jonathan going over these good plugins about membership sites. That was great, Bill. Uh, I just want to point out to you, Kim, that the reason why Bill needs to do his adverts because he um, he has to pay for his domain names. Uh, <laughs> I have my own domain uh, company too. I, think, I have my own registry. I think we probably are going to run out of normal domain names, Kim, because I think Bill's bought every single one in his memory. You know, um, one last, so I got you got to make a point when he's talking about that. I love domains. It's an addiction. Some people have it. I'm sorry, I've got that addiction. There you go. Um, <laughs> That's my launch. See, Kim, it, see, see, Kim, see, Kim, it all makes sense. Of course, it doesn't. But I give him a discount, though. I own my own in, company. In, in the perverted brain of Bill Conrad, it does make some sense. It makes sense. sense. <laughs> Jonathan is really good. He only has like six or seven, which is good discipline. Uh, it's really. But he has um, hyphens in there. Um, I love you as well, Bill. Uh, um, um, so back to it. So it looks like they developed a pretty good. I'm trying to sense how you feel about it. So after delving into it, um, what's your end? What's your gut feeling about it? Where where do you stand? Will, will it be something that you'll be using a bit more, looking into a bit more? I will definitely use Sensei some. I mean, and part of it, you know, my business is building and teaching online courses, so I am going to keep my hand in multiple areas of the pie. It may not be the right thing for everybody. And part of my 
platform, as everyone who knows me knows, is find the right plugin for you. Don't just go with a guru who teaches one thing and then you find out it doesn't do what you need. So yes, there are absolutely some things that I think Sensei is great for. Uh, particularly if you're already a WooCommerce shop and now you want to add some courses, yeah. why wouldn't you start there? Yeah. It's already fully integrated, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, still for if you are really looking for the quickest, fastest, easiest way and you don't need a lot of disparate silos, <laughs> I'm still going to probably point you to Paid Memberships Pro and WP Courseware because it's fast, it's easy, you can spin one up quickly, but it's not going to have as much functionality as some of these others. Right. And then if you truly want the biggest bad boy monster of functionality, I still think Learn Dash is going to be right. the one you've got to go to. Yeah. So this individual we both know, Kim, this this guy that just keeps on buying domain names... <laughs> <laughs> everywhere would he have been you know and, and this crazy bit of software that he's trying to learn as well do you think he might have been advised to go gone down the courseware route um plug-in route you know to get himself started what's what's your feelings kim i didn't <laughs> ask him enough on if his courses were going to be disparate well, or I'll not if we go to the but i would say probably yeah, I would probably have put him since I since I haven't heard anything with him that he wants multiple instructors. I probably would have put him into WP Courseware, and then depending on whether or not he needed disparate courses or not, we would decide on would our membership backend be Paid Memberships Pro, MemberPress, or would we do WooCommerce? I tend to lean, to lean towards either Paid Memberships Pro or MemberPress, yeah. just because it adds more functionality. Jonathan, you sort of answered the question I was going to ask before we went to the next break, but <laughs> let me explain. Mine's evergreen. All I'm doing is I'm providing MP4s, MP4s, you know, basically streaming mm -hmm. video of some sort. And when I'm testing it right now, I'm using private lines out of YouTube to test it. But then we'll move over that entire block when we open it up live. And I've got people buying in right now for $11. They're going to get the full-blown product. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's, I'll probably open it up at 35, but eventually I'll just drop it at 79 and leave it there as I build my other courses. See, um, so what we need, wait, we need streaming, we need video, PDFs, and that's it because it's Everdream. You drop them down. But even with, even with being evergreen, that doesn't mean that having a true courseware product is not going to benefit you for your student perceptions and interactions. Yeah. Uh, you can have absolute evergreen courseware using a courseware product. And I think what's going to happen is as people become more and more astute to the fact that people are offering courseware, you know, we're still a little bit in the wild west of courseware, but as, as this grows, people are going to all of a sudden look at it and say, you know, a video and a PDF is just not a class. You need well, more. Exactly. Plus what some people think, but it still is enough for like a real estate agent to work when they want to work. Yeah. I mean, I loved what you do. First of all, you're doing true. I mean, you're doing college level work. We're, what we're doing is we're just giving quick demos and instruction and laying it out to get going fast. For example, um, Netcasting 101 is basically taking this amazing platform of Blab.im, creating a, a Blab.im Blab IM netcast it's really a netcast when you do blab it's a netcast mm -hmm. putting it up into podcasting or itunes which is pretty easy now and then into youtube and then a blog and that's it it's a simple 
straightforward. You can do it whenever you want to, about 45 minutes worth of good content, quick, and then followed up where if they want me to, I can build their, you know, I, I can build their simple web page site or they can build it, whatever they want to do. Or they can talk to me and I can have like on Saturdays, every couple of Saturdays, we come up with a round table for people to ask questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, that's the bottom line. That's what we're doing on this first course. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for being like this, Bill. Uh, Rob, but, um, <clears throat> it was fantastic, Bill. Um, I'm not building uh, SaaS stuff. Uh, uh, I'm building SaaS stuff. Um, so actually, um, to get back to it, Kim, actually um, what Bill was saying, uh, what I was thinking, you know, Blab itself, you know, this – this new technology of Blab, in a way, um, will affect um, training in a way because it's also um, a, a mythology where you can have students drop in, um, have group discussions. It's more easy to use than Google Hangout to some extent. Um, so, so it's a moving target. The kind of um, learning courseware environment. So. Um, there's still probably new um, technologies and new mythologies that are going to have to be integrated in, into it, isn't it, Kim? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, Blab, I think, is going to play a huge part of those of us doing teaching. Uh, but what we have to remember is Blab is, at least for now, public. So if I have a group and you're paying me a lot of money to come to my private class, I, I can't necessarily air all of that on a blab where now just anybody can jump in and get that information where the other people are going, wait a second, I just paid for this. So I think blab is awesome for training, but it's going to have its place in where that training is and whether or not is it paid for training or free training, because that's going to have a difference as well as, uh, you know, for example, for what I do, where a lot of my training is technical step-by-step and I need to do screen grabs, I can't do that in Blab. So when we're getting back to WP Courseware, what, -hmm. um, what, you know, let's say you're dealing with somebody that has utilized WordPress before, but they haven't actually developed uh, a course. And again, to WP Courseware, where do you think some of the biggest hurdles? Is it basically that they really need to look at some online courses and write down some things they like and then think about the structure before they totally jump into it? Is that the hurdle which they really got to think about? Yeah, I would say if you're technical at all, uh, particularly if, if you've already had WordPress experience, the biggest hurdle is understanding how to create and deliver content. Because you can know the software inside and out. If your content is crud, your content is crud. So it's a double whammy. You have to learn the software, but you also need to learn how to make good content. And that's different than just writing a blog post. If you're writing training content and you're going to have a variety, you're going to have some video, you might have some audio, you're definitely going to have some text I recommend. I definitely recommend quizzes and homework right. because we learn what we do. Let's see. This is just see if I'm getting this. Yeah, then time that's bit Bill, cut out, Bill. We're getting to some really good juicy bits here. Well, okay. For a second commercial break, we like to invite our guest, Kim. Shoot. Hi, everybody. Thank you. This is Kim Schivler, and I focus on teaching people how to build online courses and membership websites with WordPress. You can find me at White Glove Web Training or howtobuildanonlinecourse.com. I look forward to seeing you there. 
Very nice. And I'm going to interrupt Jonathan because we cut him off at the last, but I want to step back and you're talking about tools that you need to train your students. And we're talking about Zoom, webinars, you know, go to meeting, you know, what do you like? What do you like to use? Join me, whatever to help your students and how do you use those platforms? So personally, what I have found really valuable is zoom.us. And that has given me some of the best one-on-one with screen sharing as well as recording. So since what I am teaching, I'm not teaching just high-level, big concept, a few slides. I am teaching step-by-step how to use something on a computer. I find that screen sharing is really, really valuable. And being able to screen share while someone else can interact. So webinars are great for that I am here and I'm talking and I have a big audience. And that for my sales presentations and I use that for my weekly meetings where I am just sharing with everybody and maybe taking a few questions down in the side comments kind of like we have here on Blab. But when I really wanna be able to interact with someone, share screens together where maybe I'm sharing a screen and handing it off and they're sharing a screen and we're going to record that, Zoom.us is the thing I have found the best. I think I have the $9.99 or $10.99, maybe $15 a month. I can have up to 50 people in that meeting and do the sharing. And it's just a great way for me to almost replicate back in the day when I actually walked out in front of a classroom every day and was able to work with people and help them one-on-one. And this is the closest I have found to that uh, in a, um, excuse me, in a virtual setting. Jonathan, you're doing some of that now with your uh, SaaS product with real estate agents. Yes, um, Zoom, Zoom. I was using GoToMeeting, but um, I'm just trying, um, but I'm, I'm going to ditch it and just stay with Zoom. It's really good value. The only slight criticism I have with it, um, but the majority of it is superior than GoToMeeting, is the scheduler isn't as um it works um but it's not as well thought out as go to meeting but that's the only um thing that i would say the screen sharing the the downloads experience the stability um video quality i I would say almost all of those it's superior than go to meeting i would agree I would agree. And you're right. It's the scheduling is not as robust no. as the way I would describe it, but definitely the quality and it does not bring my computer to a screeching halt most of the it does time. Work, you know, you got, you know, when I first did it, it didn't, but when I, I kind of looked, probed around a little bit, well, it does, the scheduler does work. It's just the interface, the UX design isn't as, um, uh, as nice basically. Um, and join, um, I think the main, um, join me is a great product, but I, I just, it just does not compare to Zoom. Um, um, the, I the, agree, uh, and especially for the price. Yes, it's their pricing structures that make it unattractive to Zoom. Mm-hmm. Well, the Zoom package is very attractive considering the most of the functionality is there on the free products. So you can't really complain about that really, can you? Um, and then the next band up is very reasonable, isn't it? Um, 
Yeah, I think, like I said, I don't do the free only because I think you're, you can only have a 45 minute meeting and I usually have longer ones. Mm -hmm. In fact, I use Zoom. Like, for example, if I'm teaching a class, which I'm teaching right now, I will do something and say, like, on a Saturday, hey guys, I will be in the Zoom meeting room. Here's the link. I'll be there for two hours. And what I do is I just go work on my computer, but I'm there if someone's working Mm -hmm. and needs help. So oh, I just great. use it even for one-on-one support that way. Yeah. And it's very um, functional for that. Right. Well, Jonathan, I, just, I, just, I just want to um, wrap yeah. up. Real fast, we have time for one more question from yeah. Jonathan. and uh, Kim, how, you know, your contact information, and we'd like to each of us ask that final last yeah, question. Sure. I, I just want to quickly go through the thing you touched before um, my last break, really, which is security. Um, I just want to put this to you and see if you agree with it and you want, you know, build it out a little bit is that uh, I think security is important obviously if you spent a lot of time um, making unique content obviously you've got to have some security but um, I found in other other areas um, photography dealing with professional photographers other rights issues you can also take it too far because um, you can make it the security that you're imposing makes it difficult to actually access and use your training material. Um, I, I think my experience, if you're dealing with individuals that are determined to find, to rip off your materials, um, they will do. Um, so I think, yes, you do have to have, have it secure, but don't take it to a level where it becomes um, damaging to the actual student or user experience. What, what's your feelings about that, Kim? Absolutely in agreement with you. First <coughs> of all, if you're going to publish anything, there's a level of insecurity to it. So I mentioned Vimeo. I love Vimeo Pro for my video uh, distribution because they really do have good security. I can say you can only uh, post this on this domain. So for example, my how to build an online course.com, this video can only be there. But the reality is if I have ScreenFlow, I can buy your membership, launch the video and tape it, right? If, if somebody wants the stuff, if you publish it, it can be stolen. So you're right. You have to, I believe in taking, you know, take level responsibility for security. I obviously want to make sure I'm doing everything I can not to get a brute force attack because that could bring down my site and then nobody can get in and all my students are in trouble. Uh, so I want to do what I can, but you have to absolutely would, um, yeah, sorry. know that if, if it's out there, it can be stolen. I do recommend then that you do, um, you know, as quality copyrights as you can, so that if something is stolen, you have a leg to stand on to get it taken down. Yeah, and I, I just also get your comment. Um, obviously, you've got the Digital Rights Act. You, you know, you mm-hmm. do have to do some searches on some of the leading torrent sites just to see if somebody, where I think you've yeah. got to put your foot down is if you developed a course and somebody said, you know, it's got it up on a torrent site, or uh, or they actually made a duplicate site and they're actually trying to sell your course under then then but then you've got um you can approach their hosting provider and use the digital rights act is that correct isn't it kim yes now 
know that I'm not an attorney, uh, but I have had to go through this before, so I've done it. Uh, yes, you can approach the Digital Rights Act. I still recommend if it's something that's highly, you know, you've really spent some time in it, go ahead and spend the time and the money, which it's $35 with an online search, to do a true copyright, not just a, legally everything I post that I write is copyrighted to me. And a DCMA will usually allow you to take something down. But if someone is actually making money and you want to go against them, you need a real copyright. So I do recommend people do that. All right. The Time Nazis. Um, I, see I got a new name, the Time Nazi. He calls yeah. me all sorts of names here. Uh, the wizard. The the I can't even so the, here's I here's the rules here, Kim. Show. Tell, tell us how you get a hold of us. I'm going to hold off my question this week because of the time, but I'm going to let Jonathan have one last question. And there's only one. You can't reply back to it, Jonathan. Then we're going to say goodbye. But before that, we want to know, how do we get a hold of Kim? Kim's yeah. going to be back. Well, I'm going to ask you one last question, Kim. Wait, 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 wait. How do we get a hold of her first? What's right. the contact information? Then we'll I, ask. So you can get question. a hold of me at either howtobuildanonlinecourse.com, whitegloveweptraining.com, or here on Blab or Twitter, I'm at Kim Schivler. And don't forget the show notes for WP Tonic here. Today, you can you can go to WP Tonic and get all the show notes. And the show notes will be good because I think you're, like, writing a lot of them, right? You don't know that, right? No. I'm writing an article. Am I writing the show notes, too? Well, we're, we're going to split it in half. And okay. Half. So that, that was my last <laughs> question. Jonathan, one last question. I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. So do I get my last question? Yeah, one last question. You can't reply back, though. You can just ask her a question. You can't say anything after that other than goodbye. All right. Um, so um, – one area we haven't covered, Kim, is have you got any tips or, you know, tips or suggestions about how people can produce content, basically, um, how they can find content which they can repurpose, reuse, any because it's a bit daunting when you've got that first bit of content. And, you know, it's a bit like writing that first page of a novel, isn't it? So, got any tips? Yes, Um I do teach a whole class on that, so there's a lot of it. But the biggest tip I'd have initially is do a big brain dump. Just sit down and write out everything you possibly think you know or want to talk about. Most people, if they do that, will find th two or three or five courses just within that information that they know that they could share with somebody. That's great, Kim, because I'm not allowed to say anything more apart from <laughs> what I, you know, the, the time Nazi, you know. <laughs> He's shutting us down, Jonathan. Goodbye. He's been so annoying. What's that? He's been so annoying today. Oh, do you want to do the sound of what? So long, farewell, and goodbye. We should tape that. That could be the end of all our shows. No, we are not taping Kim doing an outro for all the shows. And we're back. We can't let the show go without saying hi to Pebbles. Hi, Pebbles. Hi, I'm Pebbles the Wonder Cat. Well, folks, another showdown of WP Tonic. That's the third show today. We've got one more show, and it's going to be for – got another timeline later on today. So thank you out there. Appreciate – I forgot to thank the folks who are in the live audience. We always want to thank you because you really add a lot of spice with your tweets and information. So aloha. <laughs>